to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. The podcast where we geeks drink and tell you our opinion on things and stuff. Yes. I'm Matt. I'm Adam. All right, folks, and welcome to episode 52. One Uh, year. One year podcast. Yeah, we've been uh, going strong. One year podcast and zero dollars. Oh. That's okay. If I was in this to make it rich, we would have failed a long time ago. Probably. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, before we dive into this week's episode, let's talk about where to find us. You can find, follow, subscribe, comment, like, whatever you want to do on all social media platforms at Geek Drink Pod. That includes Facebook. Instagram, TikTok, Discord, X, Twitter, whatever you're calling it these days, whatever, the, whatever them kids are calling it, these young kiddos. Well, wait, I, but I wouldn't say what these kids are calling it. It's whatever Elon decides he's calling it these days. Oh, what a wacko! All right, folks, but we're there. Make sure you leave a comment, um, give us a review on your podcast platform. It helps the algorithm. It helps us get into more ear, ear holes, and uh, the more listeners, the more we can do more fun things, and the more we can. Uh, do topics you guys want to hear us talk about besides yeah. just what we're talking about. Yeah, time. we'd love any any suggestions. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, now that that's all out of the way, it's time to talk about our drink of the week. Time to grab your beverage. And join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. Alright folks, this week we have a new one. We're drinking Sweetwater Brewing Company's Orange Citrus Ale. I have never heard of this place. Neither have I. It's Fort Collins. Okay. Um, Oh God. 4.6% alcohol. Mm. And I, I do like their their... Tagline, don't float the mainstream. Don't float the mainstream. So. All right. All right. Cheers, Cheers brother. They've been around since 97. Mm. Oh. You definitely get a lot more orange. Not what I was expecting, but it's good. I know. It's like you get like these other orange ales yeah, and that I... you hear of and... Not really orangey. It's just kind of yeah. like, eh. But this that definitely, definitely has some orange. Yeah, it definitely has some orange flavor to it. I did not expect what's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. All good right. job, Sweetwater. Good job. Keep it up. I will look for more of your brews around. Yes, and please send us stuff if yeah. you want. We will come to your brewery and do a live episode. Hint, we hint. could probably do that. Oh, very. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, folks. Well... As we continue to sip away, it's time to talk about our topic of the week. What are the geeks going to talk about this week? Hello there. I don't know if they got that one. Go ahead. Hello there. There you go. So, episode 52. We're talking about episodes 1 through 3 of Star Wars, the prequel trilogy. Yes, we're going to do the prequel trilogy. And I am firmly putting my foot down, Matt, saying... I'm going to edit your rules out, so go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying, if we are going to talk about the prequel trilogy, 
we can only talk about the prequel trilogy. We can't say something was retconned in the Clone Wars, which came out 2008, was the big Clone Wars one, which was three years after the last movie. Movie. So all everything that happened after the fact or in books or whatever is retcon in my mind. But what and, if, and I'm not saying we're going to talk about retconning in, in any stretch of the means, but if we just bring it up, how it further informs the story, not changing what the prequels well, were. Well, part of me just wants to say, like, if you say, oh, they they elaborated more on this in the Clone Wars, or they elaborated more on this in Rebels or whatever, you have to take a drink or put money in the pot or something, because I want to go in... As your normal person seeing just the films. Okay. So that's that's my rule. I So I guess also I will ask you, Matt, this to start off. Did you like the prequels? I, as a whole storytelling... On the whole? <laughs> on the whole. In the whole. Preparation H. Preparation H. A whole. Um, as a whole trilogy telling a story I enjoy it for what it is okay there were chapters or I guess episodes that I think are hot garbage there are some that are decent and there are some that are good okay because I actually like I'm I actually didn't like the prequel trilogy myself you also don't like the sequel trilogy either I liked some of the sequel trilogy but not all of it, but I will say I definitely, when this stuff came out, I was like, what? <laughs> this doesn't, this is not the Star Wars I remember or loved. And at least with episode seven, it felt a little bit more familiar. But okay. um, yeah. So we'll you, get into this well, more in, in depth. But... Maybe we're just having a chat about the prequels. We're not going to give everyone a play-by-play synopsis oh, no, three because we'd be here for days, hours, <laughs> weeks, months, years. Um, Eons. <laughs> yeah. And a, a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far, far away. away. Yeah. I, I gotcha. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this question then. Mm-hmm. Is it because the sequel trilogy and the original trilogy take place... After you have the Jedi Council, after you have multiple many Force users, and now you're whittled it down to a select few, and is that maybe why you like it? Because it feels a little more special to be a Jedi or a Force uh, user, or no? I just thought the storytelling was off because, and I know this is, I guess, my first buzzword for, or like the buzz round for you, is they don't explain a lot throughout this one it's like it's almost like like making you have to have watched other stuff to get the story um and it's like so i mean i guess we're gonna like let's just start with phantom menace and uh i'll start with a question for you who's the protagonist of the phantom menace i don't think you have in this series a protagonist Aren't all stories supposed to have a protagonist? If you go off normal tropes and... Isn't this what George Lucas did with the original trilogy? He, he did a pro- have a protagonist. I don't think there's much a protagonist in these movies 
as much as we already know the protagonist of Star Wars, at least the first six movies, because we're not obviously we're not talking about the sequel because that changed a lot in terms of retconning things. We all know this was going to be about the story of Luke. And this is kind of informing Luke's journey through the eyes of Anakin's downfall. Yes, well, I it's would never Luke's thought. journey to become the hero. The yeah. hero's journey. But let's just look at episode one. Who's the main character of episode one? I'd almost say it's Qui-Gon. He's boring as hell. He does nothing. I, I I argue against that. I think Qui-Gon is an epitome of the old guard of the Jedi and what the Jedi were. Yeah. I, um, well, we'll get into a little bit of that because I've completely rewritten <laughs> this first episode to make it better in my mind. And uh, Qui-Gon is just a pill. He's He's nothing. He does nothing. I, I disagree. I think what Qui-Gon adds to the story, especially in terms of his sacrifice and his death. What sacrifice? It's totally a sacrifice when he takes that lightsaber. Oh, bull crap. It is totally a sacrifice, and he thinks... He gets bested by a Sith. Ugh, we'll get into anyway, this in no, a second. Anyway, no, but... <laughs> let's continue this path. I think that he his death further informs the story, and it causes the... Main villain to be and to be Darth Vader as we get further into this into the series. But Anakin barely knew Qui Gon. It's not so much that he barely knew him, and in that, in the death affects him in that emotional sense. It's more of Qui Gon would have been a better teacher with the Force and keeping Anakin maybe towards the light side path than Obi Wan is. Okay, well, so just to go, I guess on my little tangent. If I were to rewrite episode one, I would have had Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's characters kind of flipped. Where Obi-Wan was more the sort of reckless, the guy who's going out there doing gambling, doing all this stuff to try and do that. And finds Anakin and is like, I will put my neck out on the line and have Obi-Wan or have Qui-Gon be on the ship being like the boring character um because yeah it's like they totally misused Liam Neeson as a character they completely misused Ewan McGregor it's like I would have flipped their characters whereas Obi-Wan is kind of like almost like have this be part of his Jedi Knight Trials where he's the one taking risks doing all this stuff he's the hot shot He's the arrogant one. He's the young person. See, and, and here's why I, I disagree with that. I think Obi-Wan, and it furthers who he is when you get to him in ah. episode 4, 5, and 6, ah. where he is that reserved Jedi. And I think This is where I would come in no, in a no, second, but... Uh, it's because Obi-Wan, as a character, is this more reserved kind of person. He's more in tune with his inner self. I think just being that... Let me stand back. Let me... Watch. Let me be people watch. Let me be, let me see how things unfold before I jump in there recklessly. Let me think everything through, and it also plays into how he is later on in the series, where he is that not the reckless one. And I think it works because it works in that dynamic where you have Anakin in episodes two and three be that reckless, 
heart, high strong, run out there and be kind of a uh, show off Jedi and having that reservedness that Obi-Wan has and showing that he is a little bit uncomfortable being the teacher of someone like this. And it also shows how he is also growing to embrace different ideologies of the Jedi. Okay. So what I was kind of going for is I would have loved it to be where uh, Obi-Wan was kind of the young, reckless one. and Because I guess, like, didn't they say, like, Qui-Gon was supposed to be um, the student of Yoda? And then I think they retconned he, it to be... No, he was always... Everyone, so... Everyone's everyone's a student of Yoda at some point, mm-hmm. um, just as the younglings and classes and stuff. Yeah, but they they've always said that they never said he was trained by Yoda. They always said, hey, especially in episode two when they introduced Dooku, he was Dooku's apprentice. Dooku was Yoda's actual padawan, not just okay. a normal learner. But so here's my thing. Here's how I would have written it: Obi Wan be the young, reckless, kind of arrogant Jedi. Qui-Gon, more reserved, quiet, thoughtful, sitting on the ship, providing wisdom. Um, then they go into the fight with Darth Maul, and Qui-Gon gets killed. Obi-Wan loses his shit, like starts to go down that path, and learns that Qui-Gon was right. Everything that Qui-Gon was trying to teach him was correct. And then he... That's why he pulls back. That's why he starts to become more thoughtful. More wise. And Anakin is inverse. Like, he was a reflection of who Obi-Wan was younger. Like, as that sort of age of Padawan. Um, so that that's how I would have rewritten it. But then is, how does it play off of... In 2 and 3, where Anakin is still this reckless Padawan, and it looks like Obi-Wan hasn't been able to teach him anything. Because Obi-Wan feels guilty because he almost went down a dark path because he was so arrogant, so reckless. But So he's not trying to correct Anakin's recklessness? He's trying to, but he's trying to correct it in the way that Qui-Gon would have corrected it. That's my thing. And so I that that's where I would jump in and say that... Uh, it just didn't work, because um, yeah, it's like Qui-Gon pull like comes off as this sort of hotshot Jedi for no reason, and it's like, well, you could have had Obi Wan be that, and you could just blame it on his youth, him being young, being kind of arrogant and all that. But then yeah, Obi Wan gets killed, or I'm sorry, Qui-Gon gets killed. Obi-Wan realizes that he made a mistake and vows to bring up Anakin in the way Qui-Gon would have, which would make sense to bring him up more stern. And Then you have the issue of how Obi-Wan is in 4, 5, and 6. Well, he's still doing his... I I don't see that as a natural character growth and progression. I don't see this. Like He had no character in the first film. I disagree there. Um, what character did he have? Then, 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 okay, then, here's here's my comments. So he, as a character, if he goes down the path you're suggesting, and he, and he is that character, 
he would he would not want to teach Luke, I think, at this point. He would want to be hands-off. I don't give a crap about Luke because I have failed two. I have failed my master. I have failed my apprentice. I, I, I can't, I'm out of the business. I think him trying to in- take on what his master really wanted him to do in terms of training Anakin and providing that guidance and then failing with Anakin and now meeting Luke in episode four and saying, hey, here's my shot at redemption too by training Anakin's son to be the savior of the Force, I think is a better character choice. And I think it informs the story better as we progress into what, from from an Ian McGregor, Obi-Wan, to a Alec Guinness. Okay, well, I have a little experiment for you as well. Okay. So uh, I'm borrowing this from our friends at redlettermedia.com. Um, check them out. They do these. Uh, they did a ninety-minute review of each prequel, so one, two, and three. Ninety-minute Star Wars review. So, I'm going to give you a challenge, Matt. Okay. Describe a character. Like, if I give you a character's name, describe the character without mentioning their job, what they look like. Describe them as if your friends have never seen Star Wars before. Okay. Okay? So, um, describe Han Solo. Brash, bold, cocky. Um, larger ego than than actual necessary to perform the functions. Yeah. Um, street smart. Okay. Un- uh, ignorant of other views. Okay. Okay. But you see how far yeah. you can go with this. So, okay. Uh, describe uh, C-3PO. Annoying. Know-it-all. Programmable. Uh, worrier. And coward. Okay. Describe Padme Amidala. Young, inexperienced, kind, thoughtful. Where do we get that from anything? Oh, I this first one, you see it a little bit more because she is... And she's a little arrogant too, I think, especially in the first one. Because she is a 14-year-old. She is disguising herself to go out with the Jedi and, and experience a world that she can't experience as the queen. Um, I think the way she... But describe her character. I am. I think as a thoughtful character, especially in the first episode where she's kind of being a big sister to Anakin. She is. She's, you know, cleaning up his cut. She's talking to him. She's explaining things about the world, you know, about the galaxy, about her home. Okay. Well, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. I would say bold... Arrogant. Where do you get any of that shit from? Exactly, bold. He is he, not bold. Yes, he, he is, is a pill. No, he, he is, is bold. Ambient he is on a, on he a is stick. willing to go out against the council. He is willing to say the council isn't always correct. He's willing to say, hey, you know what? As a Jedi tasked with this mission, I need to go out there and fulfill these duties. I'm going to do it in an unorthodox way. I'm going to go about and be like, hey, you know what? We're not going to go fight in this war for the for the Naboo, but we're going to. We're going to do it in a weird way that kind of forces us to have our hand. I'm not going to agree with the Jedi Council 100%. I make that known. But, so here's the thing. 
I think you have put forth more descriptions about Han Solo and C-3PO than you could ever put forth about anyone in episode one. It's... See, I I disagree. I think you have. (laughs) All right, so let's move on to this piece. If you had to rank all three movies... Best of the three, worst of the three. Well, no, so, we're not talking about four, five, and six. No, no, but if, we, if we look at the prequel trilogy, obviously Revenge of the Sith is the best one for the 20 minutes ending. I don't know. I think it's the best one for majority of the movie. It's... My problem that I have with these films is they expect you to know more about the story. Like, who the hell is General Grievous? They don't explain any of that in any of the movies. But why is he such a big deal is my problem. I'm just like, General Grievous meant nothing. Let's go back into the original trilogy. Okay. Why is Tarkin a big deal? Tarkin was introduced in the first film. They did. And you just knew him as a admiral... And he's kind of a douchebag. He's kind of... He was kind of the big bad guy. Yeah. Like, he had... But there's no backstory. And you have no idea why he is who he is. That is Same fine. Grievous. They make this whole thing of Grievous is like this, oh, I know how to use lightsabers and I'm this big robot. Snoke? Yeah. Well, we can't get it. We'll get into sequel trilogy it's later. Whole, yeah. But it's... It's a classic Lucas trait. Lucas... So... My biggest problem with these films, and all three of them, is George Lucas made these films in a sterile environment. I agree. So he could take over everything in post-production. Because there's pre-production, production, post-production. Oh, he had his hand on every every stage of this. He did. But when you look at the behind-the-scenes stuff, you see when they were filming with the actors, they had maybe like... 150 feet mm-hmm. to walk on on a blue screen. Yeah. And that's why they are always fucking walking. <laughs> Even when Mace Windu and Anakin in episode three, Anakin's like, Yeah, Chancellor Palpatine is the Sith Lord we've been looking for. And he's like, We must make haste. We must deal with this quickly. And they just walk. It's, it's such horseshit. George created this sterile environment to just be able to be like, oh, hey, I can do whatever I want and post. It's fine. I don't know why he has a Wisconsin accent, but um, <laughs> don't he's, you know? He's I'm, so, I'm so sick of your shit, George. <laughs> but well, and I think sort of part, like... part of the problem is, from a creative point of view, in terms of the actors, too... It stifles a lot of their decision making and their creativity as They well. had no like physical reference no, for besides each other. Yeah. It's like they may have had a tennis ball on a stick to be like, this is General Grievous's face and this is what you're supposed to focus on. But it's like this kind of goes against like George, if you watch the like from Star Wars to Jedi or like from Star Wars to Jedi, yeah. the behind the scenes of the original one. He mentions a lot where he liked using practical effects. He liked that a lot. But then he completely becomes a hypocrite for this one, for these three movies, and completely robs all practical effects so off of the I table. I would say 
I wouldn't call it hypocritical because he made those choices remaking four, five, and six with special editions. Yeah, but because he it was his test to do things he couldn't do in the seventies and even probably with the early the late nineties, early two thousands with these movies, having all these different characters and the way he envisioned them to move, you wouldn't be able to do in a good but way practically, even to this day. At the same time, he was quoted saying that special yeah. effects should be a tool. Something to use True. to like enhance the story but not progress everything forward. Whereas with these three films, they are just CG gobbledygook thrown at the screen. I mean, it's really like the actors are the only practical thing on this on set. True. It's so just he doesn't George is out of touch. Oh yeah, and this is why this mind. is the last movie he ever directed. Yeah, these this trilogy was the last thing he ever did. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I love George for giving us Star Wars. I do. I love George for giving us Indiana Jones. I do. But he completely went off the rails with these films. Whereas I think with the sequel trilogy, or like the sequel trilogy, they actually were like, you know what? We're going to have more practical stuff. Yeah. And... But I also think that ties into just the way that Hollywood kind of went, especially when the sequels were being made. You saw a lot more practical stuff. You saw that with, and you know, we can discuss this later on with J.J. Abrams. He is a practical effect kind of guy. Yeah, like, I mean, um, I'm a big fan of the, the first Star Trek yeah. that he did. Um, I thought it was excellent. Um, yeah, it's not like your traditional Star Trek. Yeah. But it was still a good time. Oh, yeah. It was a good adventure. Yeah. So I I felt like it felt like Star Trek. It it walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It must be a duck. <laughs> wait, wait, no. It it walks like a Spock, talks like a Spock. It must be Spock. Must be Spock. Yeah. Or sing like Spock. <laughs> yeah, well, that was pretty good. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but okay, so one, two, and three. Three is the best, and I I think it goes beyond the end fight because you do have. The extermination of the Jedi Order. You do have, um, <laughs> which we we need to bring up. So, I guess we we should mention the whole uh, where Ray picks up that like dagger thing. Yeah, in the the last of the sequel trilogy, and she's like, "This blade has done dark things," and it's like, "You've been holding Anakin's lightsaber. It's been the child killer four thousand. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's he killed it so many people with that. You could, you could argue though it's been redeemed as a, as a weapon. Yeah, it but it's like weapon, if but... if you can sense that oh this knife did bad things, you could sense that this lightsaber oh, yeah. did bad things too. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that if we ever <laughs> talk about the sequel trilogy coming twenty twenty four. So three, we both agree. Mm-hmm. I think. Two is the worst of this trilogy. Mm. It's a semi-political thriller. See, I would... So, first off... Set with Jedi. Yeah. And, like, the whole politics, like... Even in the first thing, it's like they're... It starts with a trade dispute between the Trade Federation. Yeah. And, like, taxation. And I'm like, who the 
fuck cares about I mean, trade disputes? I, I think for the first one, in terms of just kind of getting a little bit of a backstory, it's interesting because we've never dealt with a democratic government in this galaxy. True. We've only heard about it and we've seen the Empire. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh shit, nothing gets done just like nothing gets done in our society. Yeah. So in that piece, I I think it sets up a good narrative. Of but a, it's boring. It's so it? I see, dull. I just see the first one? Yeah. No. Like, there's so much talk, and it's just. I talk, think the first talk, one talk. is the second best. And the only reason, I, and maybe I'm seeing it through a different lens because this was. The and we'll first, get into this. This was the lens first thing Star Wars movie next I saw. episode. <laughs> this is the first Star Wars movie I saw in person. Okay. In theaters on the big screen. Um, I mean, I've seen all three of them. I saw all three of them when it came out. Two is... I think I called uh, called in sick, because uh, the third one came out in 2005, the year we graduated. No, so what happened was it came out the night before we had our graduation rehearsal. Yeah. So I don't think I had slept. We were sitting on the back of that bus going, what the hell is this? What do you think of this? Oh my god, this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I was just like, oh, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm gonna go see Star Wars. And oh no, I'm sick. <laughs> I saw it at midnight. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. But No, I I just think two is just a jumbled together mass of text. Yeah, I don't and it doesn't and where here's the issues I have with it. Especially as it leads into three. So you've got the ten year gap between one and two. Okay, whatever, we can explain that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Between two and three, and this is where I'm going to go against your rules, and I don't care. Okay, you got to take a drink. I will. So, I'm not saying that the Clone Wars movie, the, the, the animated movie and the TV show, retcon anything. I think it informs more of the story, and it fills in these three years where you have, at the end of episode two, Anakin and Padme kiss and get married. Ooh. Three years later... He's got a scar. She's pregnant. No, he had a scar beforehand, right? Not until he gets. I thought he got drink. hit by Count Dooku with that one. No, he gets hit in the in the uh, Tartovsky miniseries. He did. Okay. But either way, well, which was that needs a to drink because we're but, talking about the oh, movies, not the extended universe. But those those shows, I think, help make those choices feel more real and it feels in the three I years I never bought Anakin and Padme as a couple no you don't because the, you go from they were horrible well, <laughs> they had zero chemistry they do when you have the lens of here they are they've done this weird little battle that started Clone Wars three years she's not I'm a senator place. I can't be in love with anyone because I'm a senator it's like I've, I've seen you, senators getting busy yeah, but if you watch... Some of our senators are getting go, busy with little kids, but... No, some of our senators are too old to even think about getting busy. Oh, they have strokes in press conferences. <laughs> um, but you have the series help explain and show that progression in a relationship where you can buy it now in episode three. And it's not a retcon. It's filling in three years that you don't get, and you're supposed to go... But oh, when yeah, it comes out, years. like, three years after the fact... That's retcon. That's not a retcon. That's that just is totally retcon. That's not. So is Rogue One a retcon? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. It's just filling in a story that we, you don't have. Yeah. Retconning is going in and saying, I am fundamentally changing the universe and canon. Yeah, they 
no. pretty much did no, that. <laughs> no, I disagree. They informed and backfilled stories within the canon. But giving, like, making it seem, like, so, first off, they always say Anakin is this noble hero, and he was this... But in the second film and the third film, he just comes off as an impetulant, childish, arrogant asswipe. He comes off creepy, rapey, murderous. <laughs> he is not a good person, but everyone still says, oh, you know, Anakin, he was a good guy. We but liked him. Look at the lens they're looking at it through. They, most of those people didn't know he became Darth Vader. But most of those people thought he died in Order 66. Most of those people did not spend every you, day with him like Obi-Wan did. If you think about it, Obi-Wan in Episode 4 was just like, he was the best star pilot, he was so noble, and he was a good friend. Obi-Wan knew what happened to Anakin. Yeah. But he, he has still... this sort of, this. he's putting on this facade for him. But there was nothing in these movies that portrayed Anakin as anything other than a selfish, murdering child. True. He True. he was a horrible person throughout all these movies. And yes, I know you're gonna say, oh well, in 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 the Clone Wars, he he was actually far more noble. But I wouldn't say he'd be far more noble. I no, think he was informs... a horrible, horrible human being and a horrible Jedi. I'm not, I, he was a great Jedi. No, he wasn't. He was a great Force user. He was also um, easily swayed. Let's just put it that way. But that's. What like Jedi are supposed to be above all of that, and so that's my thing. Is I just I never bought Anakin and Padme's relationship. He always came off as an asshole, so I never understood why Padme was just like immediately. There was just a flip of a switch where she was like, "Take me," and I've always loved you, Anakin. And it's like, don't believe it. Well. I, I would can't say, buy it, and then say why it that's the ruins the entire the rest of the film. This is why it's a problem. George Lucas cannot write a script. He can't. It, he can everyone says in, it feels like he. he this can, is all a first draft for him. Yeah, he can storyboard. He can create the the lore and the behind the scenes and all the things that inform the choices of the movie. He needs someone to come in and write the actual words. Which is why we had, like, Lawrence Kasdan and... And Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah. They... Especially with modern stuff. Dave Filoni is, like... So, I think this is, like... And, I mean, I'll, I'll be echoing some of the stuff from Red Letter Media a lot. I think, um, with this trilogy, there were... There was no one on set to tell George... Bad George. No. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> or... This doesn't make any sense. Like, everyone was just like, uh-huh, we'll do whatever you say. It's like he needed people and other or an, un, another director to be like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Like, or this writing doesn't make any sense. Let's do this. Because I, I think the biggest issue comes from, and I mean, you can talk about the hate Jake Lloyd got, the hate. Hayden Christensen got the hate the guy that played Jar Jar Binks got um it comes down to this it's like okay bad writing bad directing leads to bad acting 
And so I think you can you shouldn't take your hate out on the actors. Take your hate out on George. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. And it is what it is. I mean, unfortunately, this stuff's going to be around for forever. Like it's part of the lexicon of film now. Oh yeah. And I just think that yeah, Dave Filoni came along and like I said, kind of retconned, made everything kind of make more sense. And that's what kind of has fixed it for a lot of people. And I'm like, for me, it's like, yeah, I remember going seeing these films in the theater. And I was just like, this does not feel like the Star Wars I grew up with. It's too sterile. This was the Star Wars you grew up with. No, I, well, I was... (laughs) In terms of when they came out. But if you think about it, it's like my dad never put me in front of like Disney movies. He put me in front of Indiana Jones. He put me in front of Star Wars. He put me in front of Caddyshack. Those sort of movies. Like he would never, like I never watched a lot of those kiddie films. I would watch Star Wars. And so the original trilogy were my Disney movies. That's what I grew up on. And yeah, it's like I went and saw it like, what, twice in the theaters? Because they re-released it twice or whatever. And then then I went and saw these. And it's just like, it was this whole thing where I was just like, this doesn't feel right. Something's off. And it's like, it, and George kept trying to say like, oh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. So the story's supposed to kind of echo throughout each of the trilogy. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, but write it. Better. I think you see that in terms of themes, but you know, yeah, it, but it, it's but not so much character choices. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense. Like I mean, and that's at least like I give the sequel trilogy a little bit of props because even though I think it was a risk or a gamble, they tried to do something a little different, and yeah, it didn't pay off. But this was. I don't think this paid off at all. At all, I mean, it just was kind of like these three films didn't really interest me. And it's like, yeah, the third one, the only thing that interested me was the last fight at the very end. And then some of the banter between Obi-Wan and Anakin, like the whole like, oh, it was the ninth time, the time with the gun dogs don't count yeah. or whatever. That was kind of fun, because you're like, okay, you feel like you have a relationship. But they are brothers. You never had that beforehand. I think part of that change is because you have... They're no longer teacher and student in three. Yeah. Versus two, they are very much that teacher and student still. True. So uh, I I think as a... As a choice in story and and character-wise, you can't have Obi-Wan being too buddy-buddy yet... But you can have that now that they're truly brothers in the sense of what the Jedi are. Mm-hmm. But so, I just... I, I didn't buy anything from it. It just... It all fell flat for me. So let's talk about box office for these three. Okay. So Phantom Menace came out in 1999. $115 million budget. What do you think it ranks? Is it the highest grossing of the three? Is it... 
I would probably say Revenge of the Sith, the highest grossing, nope. right? No? So, Phantom Menace grossed $1.1 billion. It grossed $1 billion. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones came out in May of 2002. $115 million budget made $649 million. Revenge of the Sith, May of 2005. $113 million budget, $850 million. Okay. So, Phantom Menace was the, the biggest earner. Followed not too far behind by Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell everyone what our um, who sponsored us this week. Oh, where you can find our our new social media channel. Oh, we will come up with it. Oh, I, I already had it. I oh, okay. Just, it's in my go, notes. Go nuts! Man. I forgot. So when we talked earlier, guys, you can find us on Facebook and all the stuff. You can also find us on SithOnMyFace.com. <laughs> Sith on my face. <laughs> wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> You have to have a lisp to join the to join the, the site. <laughs> My name is Jeff. <laughs> I'm a member of the Sith. <laughs> so yes, fine, folks, you can find us at SithOnMyFace.com. There we go. Um, anyway, getting back to um, before we get the hot <laughs> takes here. So Adam, of these three movies, do you think they help further the Skywalker story? No. No, no. I, I'll I'll put my foot down. And I actually it was going to be so similar to my hot take. I it's, it's fine. We can. I, jump. I guess it's kind of like it was going to be like I didn't. I was going to say that these films weren't necessary. Oh, let's let's do that. Let's jump into hot takes. Yeah. No, well. What are they going to say this week? I just thought that these films were not necessary. Do you think that now as an adult, or do you think that as a as a tween at tween Adam? Uh, yeah, both. I, I, I think I it, want to call bullshit. I mean, on that one. I don't don't get me wrong. Do I love like did I love the Obi Wan series on? Disney Plus, yes, I did. I thought it was great. Did I think, like, yeah, Ewan McGregor was perfect to play Obi-Wan. Yes, I did. I just am like, everything I needed to know about Star Wars was told to me in the original trilogy. That's all I needed to know. It's like I didn't need a solo movie. You didn't need a Rogue One. I didn't need a Rogue One. But you loved Rogue One. I did like Rogue One, but I didn't need it. No. I see, I, as a young adult, or not even a young adult, as a... We're, we, we can't even say we're young adults anymore. No, no I'm talking about then when these came out. Because I'm thinking, okay, I was over 18 when Revenge of the Sith came out. Yeah, just barely. <laughs> Little baby. I was like half a year, I was almost, I was halfway to 19 at that point. So were you. Well, I was. I'm older than you were, so by a month. Yeah, but I mean, older. It's fine. You can have all those extra gray hairs. <laughs> I already do. I know you do. Um, so, as a young kid and as a teenager, I thought these were. It was great because we're going to have Star Wars in theaters. I'm going to have new movies, new stories in this universe. Oh, don't get and, me wrong. I was like 
Jones to see all these yes. films, but... And as a teenager, I bought them all. I watched them over and over again. And as a teenager, I thought they were great. As I've gained more life experience, I've obviously reevaluated those choices. And I will say that two is hot garbage. Yes. One is decent. It's got some good elements. It's got some questionable elements. Three is the best of the three. It's still not the best Star Wars movie, but it's top It's top three for me. Top three Star top Wars three, movies? It beats Return of the Jedi. Ooh, that's rough. We will go Empire. I will say um, Rogue One. And then I will say Revenge of the Sith. Followed very closely by, by uh, A New Hope. He's a weirdo. No, I like what I like. And we'll get Just into like, that for the next episode. Yes, we will we'll hear talk about that more. But so my hot take on this is, I think that had a different casting choice for Anakin occur for episodes two and three, and I don't know. I'm not. I don't know who. I don't know who could have played this part, but someone with a little bit more. Able to portray that ego and that brashness without saying coming across as flat. And part of it's the writing, but I think part of it is delivery. I because think it's writing and directing. But, but it, well, I'll we'll let argue, you we can argue that piece because <laughs> E. McGregor had the same writing and director, and he, as an actor, can turn that around and made it really good. As I just think, I think Hayden Christensen wasn't the best choice for this. I don't know who would have been, but we could have maybe had a different actor who probably could have elevated this role for us and maybe made this a little bit more believable of a downfall of Anakin and being what George now views as an entire Anakin series versus two trilogies and different focuses. This is Anakin Skywalker's story now. Okay. I mean, like my my thing, I don't have a huge problem with Hayden as a as an actor. Like, I think he... He did fine with the material and the direction he was given. Um, yeah, maybe someone like Taron Edgerton, like even though he would have been way too like young. nine. <laughs> I'm trying to think just who would But I'm, I'm just like I'm just maybe thinking a Jude of, Law. Yeah, like but someone could have maybe elevated it a little bit. But I think it's more like I wish George did what had to be done like with the original trilogy he took a step back and was like I'll have someone help me write it I'll have someone direct it that, that was my thing okay. I, I, I would have think I would have loved to see that and more practical effects because yeah seriously it's like there's this whole like the biggest thing that always gets me is like Obi-Wan and General Grievous facing off for the first time or like the first time that you know no, of, it's like, the first time. And they've even they've even he, made it so that way in the Clone Wars he's never faced General Grievous or talked to him yeah. once. But he does this like maneuver where he's like flipping around four lightsabers right in front of Obi Wan's face, and you know that this is just you and McGregor staring at a tennis ball. <laughs> it's nothing's happening, and he just smiles and. He doesn't react to it. Nothing happens. And I'm just like, people will say maybe like, oh yeah, Obi-Wan was such a badass that he knew he wasn't going to get he hurt. He was as cool as a cucumber. He was so cool. But I'm like, at the same time, you could have had something like, 
little like breeze blow by his hair or something to like add to the practice like something so simple to make that visual effect have like a practical effect on the actor fair enough i i just was like yeah george i think george needed to take a step back and he didn't so he just wanted complete hold of the reins he wanted to ride that pony he wanted to sit on that face (laughs) the sit on that face but uh, he just wanted every like he wanted complete control, and no one was willing to say, "Hey, George, this doesn't make sense." And so I, yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think it just came down to if you have bad writing, bad directing, leads to bad acting, and unless you're Ian McGregor, well, he can do whatever he wants, and it's going to come out good. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some terrible films he's been in. Yeah, and... Moulin Rouge. <laughs> oh, I liked Moulin Rouge. No. <laughs> Next week's episode, we're talking about Moulin Rouge. Guest starring Megan and Adam. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'd love to do an episode with Megan. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up our discussion on the prequel trilogy. We'll get into the sequel trilogy at some point. We're not going to do that anytime soon. Yeah, we'll probably Give hold off break. for a bit. Yeah. Um, but... It's now time to talk about our Geek Wreck of the Week. Alrighty. It's time for the Geek Wreck of the Week. What are the geeks going to recommend? So, Adam, I will jump into this discussion Go first. for it, man. My Geek Wreck of the Week, and you're going to throw a pencil at me. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Got it. Right I in my hand. did thoroughly enjoy Season 3 of The Witcher. Okay, well, yeah. I'm I also, <laughs> as I told you at breakfast this morning, think it did better than episode the first two seasons. Well, I think you are wrong. Um but uh that is what I, it is. I, I think the I, third season definitely was lacking mojo. No, I think Mojo Dojo Casa no, House. It did not. I think it shows character growth, it showed a transformation in the dynamic between this new hodgepodge family of Syria and Geralt and Yennefer, and kind of a little bit of that inner softening of of him, and seeing him kind of crack that veneer a little bit, and so you see him have more of that thoughtfulness and that actual heart and caring for Yennefer, Siri, even Yasker. You know, he he's he's no longer just this guy who's tagging along with him, and he's like, okay, whatever, this guy's just he's here, whatever. No. Now he's kind of like, you know, he is my friend, and I will. I will cherish and, and, and thankful for that friendship. Okay, so... You if, haven't even seen the last two. No, I, I refused to watch them because they were reviewed as hot dog shit. And so you went off other people's opinions, not your own? We'll get into this on next week's episode about critics and stuff. But for me, I just was like... I said this weeks and weeks ago. I felt like something was missing from the series for season three. And I didn't know if it was because Henry Cavill knew that it was coming to an end. he knew when he was filming this. But who knows? But something felt off. Like the first two seasons. And like, granted, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the books, um, the video games. I like them all. Um, and yes, I know that they have kind of 
adjusted the narrative to fit a different structure of telling this story. And that's fine, but something just felt off with this last season. And um, yeah, and there's rumors that the series is going to be canceled. Um, we don't have that confirmed yet. No, which we won't talk to the strikes are over even then. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, but I'm, I just, I've lost interest in the season. Like, I just don't care. Um, also, like, Geralt just keeps using Ard all the freaking time. And if you're a Witcher fan, you get that. But it's like, it's the only sign he uses 99.99% of the time when you think Igni might be a pretty good thing to set things on fire. <laughs> but he doesn't do it for some reason. But no, I just, everything felt kind of off this last season and just kind of everyone just felt like they kind of were phoning it in if if you if you get what i mean folks it's just the enthusiasm the the passion just felt like it was gone for this last season and oh, so you missed such a great fight in, in the third in the fifth episode sixth episode okay cool. oh god does he use anything other than our oh no it's a mage and elf fight hmm and Stregobor, mm, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, uh, I might this get around to it. It is the third season, and it is the best season. I will say, I think the first season, even though people did not get how the narrative structure went, was the best season. It was the worst season. Oh bullshit! I liked it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. It got me hooked into the series. Was not the best season. Oh God, far from it. Yeah. Well, I just am like I. I just don't. I feel like I just felt like something was missing from whether it be from the cast, the crew, the writers, the directors, like the showrunners. Something was. I like that I, spark was. And we've gone. talked about this in, in other episodes. I think what is missing is your anticipation, Adam. I, that you know that they're changing things up, and you don't agree with the changes. I, so it's like I do it's not a lot agree like with how, the changes, but, but I don't like agree with people didn't like Game of Thrones ending. They knew it was coming. They knew a big change was going to happen, and they were just not ready for the change. Embrace the change, Adam. But embrace didn't every the change. isn't the Game of Thrones ending? Like I don't watch Game of Thrones, ladies and gentlemen. But didn't the Game of Thrones ending get critically panned? Like yeah. as like terrible. But I don't. I don't care what critics think. Because okay. critics, we'll, we'll have to bring this up next I, week. I, I'm just going to end it on this note. Critics are are paid overpaid. To... People whose opinions do not reflect how I'm going to feel going or seeing a movie. But that's subjective. Everything that we are saying True. on this show, but I'm saying I'm is not completely gonna, subjective. I'm not look at a movie's reviews and what critics are saying to decide if I'm going to go see this item. I'm going to go see this item because I've seen a trailer and go, okay, whatever. It might entertain me. Well, I'll and watch be... a trailer for the Meg and be like, this looks like shit. <laughs> I'm not going to see it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's my as me seeing it as a trailer going, that's not something I'm into. But if it's something that looks like Dungeons and Dragons. Which I hear is really good, actually. I hear too. I, I need to watch it. But me going into it going, I bet you it's not going to be critically liked. I bet you people are bitching. But wasn't about it, it critically acclaimed? 
No, it was mid mid level. I thought was... critics loved it. We'll have to. Well, next week we'll well, we'll, we'll talk this about up. this. The difference between online critics like Cinema Blend and and Rotten Tomatoes versus yeah. like long standing traditional publications such as the Chicago Sun. But that's where we need to bring in like. Rotten Tomatoes because they compile all those reviews and put True. It out a score and then get review bombed by users and lower but the score. User reviews are well. We'll talk about this next week. But my <laughs> my wreck of the week is uh, on old uh, video game. Not old, not very old. A few years back, uh, it's called Prey. It's from uh, Bethesda, uh, the uh, brilliant people behind. Uh, Arcane Studios. Um, they did uh, such great games as Dishonored and Deathloop. Uh, they did a game called Prey. It's very good. Very difficult. Um, definitely recommend probably a lower setting on your uh, in terms of your uh, pain scale, if you will. I know Matt and I talked about this the like in one of our previous episodes. Normally, I play everything on normal. I had to go too easy on this one because it was uh, a little too difficult for me. But um, I really enjoyed it. Great storytelling, great visual effects, great gameplay. Check it out. All right, folks. Well, that does it for another episode of Have a Drink Some Geese podcast. Make sure you like, comment, follow, subscribe, tweet, smoke signal. Um, send a raven. Send a raven. Send a droid communication um, send me a hologram. I don't know. Beep, <laughs> but we are at Geek Drink Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, Discord, TikTok, SithMyFace.com. Um, you light up my lightsaber, Adam. Yep. I, I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Talk about this to your friends. The more comments and reviews you guys leave, the better it helps the algorithm yeah. get this into the ear holes. Yeah, and we'd love to hear... Any suggestions for topics you want us to talk about? Or tell us why um, Witcher Season 3 is a great season of The Witcher. See, this is or the tell problem us, with Matt. He just thinks he's right all the time. Or tell us how the prequel trilogy is not hot garbage entirely. There are segments that are worth some some good stuff. We're going to talk about this on the next episode a all little right. bit more. Uh, but we'll, that's a little spoiler alert for you. Fine. And we're not talking about and people. next one. It may be brought up just in the context of the discussion. Mm. But thanks for listening, guys. Everybody have a great Geek Week. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye. Another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. All content, copyright, Geek Drink Pod 2023.